the morning of January 1st, 1970, Edith Beeling, a school aide, took notice of something strange in the skies near Alexander Elementary School in British Columbia, Canada. Beeling rushed outside after spying the strange object through the window and having no good explanation for what she was seeing. The object seemed to hold a ring shape and have something solid in the middle. Beeling recalls being one of several witnesses who had sighted the mysterious object. The object was described as having a texture similar to rolled up plastic and being, quote, big enough to fit a large plane inside it 15 times. This sighting has often been connected to another incredible close encounter that took place earlier that morning at the local hospital where a number of medical staff were witness not only to a strange craft, but its occupants as well. This case file joined the theorists as they put on their nursing shoes and head for the UFO ward in Cowichan Hospital UFO Encounter. Welcome to Alien Theorist Theorizing, Case File 270, the Vancouver Island UFO encounter, and the night nurses, the hospital encounter. <laughs> this is what we're so late because we're just arguing about the name. So we'll, we'll figure the name out in post. <laughs> no, that's it. Whatever you just yeah. mumbled that's there. Just sticking with it. Cut it off. Yeah. Oh, hey, I'm Braden. I'm Zell. I'm Tan. And I'm Andrew. Now, this is not only are we coming up, not only are we coming back up north to the Great White North, the greatest place on Earth, Canada. Some of uh, us are staying there. Yeah. We uh, didn't go anywhere. Right? And, <clears throat> you know, not only there, but this is also pretty close to me. I've driven past the hospital in this encounter. This is on Vancouver Island, where... Meth Laboratories is located. <laughs> Isn't that the new name of the studio? <laughs> yeah. From the outside, I mean... Yeah, that's Meth it. Laboratories. Is that an acronym for something? Or yeah, just... it's like music, equalization, no. entertainment, Instantly wrong. entertainment, television, television, hip-hop. Yeah, hip-hop <laughs> laboratories. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I was in a hip-hop yes, group. As- as Brayden as Brayden has mentioned, this this case takes us up to the Great White North on early in the morning of New Year's Day, January first, nineteen seventy, uh, and it was at the Cowichan District Hospital on Vancouver Island, where uh, practical nurse Doreen Kendall was attending to a patient on the second floor of the Eastern Wing of this said hospital, haunted hospital, I believe. Is it absolutely? All hospitals are, are they not? Is it? it has to be. <laughs> cool. Let's think about it. How many were like that's where the most people die? It's going to far. be paranormally activated. Yeah. It has to be. It's a pretty, it's a that's pretty where old all the suffering looking, is. It's in Duncan too. Like Duncan's kind of a yeah. I don't want to. It's pure concentrated misery. Actually, I can't say anything part. bad about Duncan it's because the most people from there hospital, live close to me. So then I anyone listens. Do we rename this world's most haunted hospital? Well, I know, and UFOs? It, yeah. Do we bust out our stamps? We got our stamps. We have our ATT most haunted stamps. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just slap one on there. Yeah. <laughs> UFO uh, sighting at the mo- the world's most haunted hospital? You don't like. say. Two paranormal worlds collide. <laughs> <laughs> this, no, but this, it's not haunted. It's the ads for this one are right in itself. Someone cut that trailer, yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. Monday, Monday, Monday. Uh <laughs> So Doreen uh, Kendall was attending to one of her elderly patients that seemed to be having some sort of discomfort uh, that she noticed. And no shit. As one does in the yeah. hospital. <laughs> sure. Um, and she, nurse, <laughs> nurse, I'm ready for my sponge baths. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Kendall thought that the, the patient could probably benefit from some, uh, some fresh air as she thought he was just, maybe, maybe he was too warm. 
uh, was her <laughs> was her assessment. And then so yeah. she was, He's been went shot over to twice. this. Stinks. <laughs> He's bleeding out on the table. <laughs> he needs some air. Hey, hey, you need some air. Well, it's the seventies, right? <laughs> like they just put away the leeches. Yeah, right. <laughs> They're still lobotomizing people. Yeah. Like we're getting, you know. Hey, um, honey, well, you probably need some air. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is this is or as we said before, this was early morning, so about five around five a.m. I believe, and uh, so she walked over to the nearby window uh, next to her patient, and she opened up the drapes in order to to get some airflow going, and then what she saw out the window took her completely by surprise. So as she opened the these drapes, she, she you know whatever, threw them open, I suppose, just to get, yeah. I don't know, heavy, I'm, I'm sure they were like heavy blackout traits. So she's like- Yeah, on the like, really nice imagine. gliders, like, you know, the ones that are smooth, <laughs> right? Or it's like- whoosh. I'm sure it's extremely dramatic. I'm just going to give you guys all a tip. Don't ever touch them. <laughs> the one drapes? It's the one thing they, yeah, don't, the drapes, they don't get watched. The drapes, curtains, don't, don't, just don't touch anything just don't in the hospital. Them. Just you know, don't touch them. Don't ever touch don't them. Ever touch drapes them. in the hospital and drapes in a hotel room, don't get washed. Don't touch anything. Stay away. Hotels, semen- Sometimes blood hospitals usually blood, blood vomit, vomit bile yeah all that yeah. good stuff yeah. stay away from that <laughs> don't touch it uh, so as she threw open the curtains she was nearly blinded by a, some sort of source of bright light <laughs> uh, just streaming straight through uh, the window and it took a moment for her eyes to adjust and oh my god did, my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, once her eyes adjusted to this this bright source of light, she found herself looking at what she could only describe um, as a glowing stationary object that was hovering in the air opposite of the children's ward uh, of the of the hospital, which was located on the floor above uh, where her like where she was checking in on her patient. Now, when uh, when Kendall went on to describe what she was looking at, because she had a she had a good look at this thing, it was extremely close, and uh, she described it as being this kind of spherical looking craft, and it had about uh, she gave it a good distance because she was looking at it, and she estimated that it was about five window panes, like it stretched, uh, it probably reached about five window panes, which she said was about what fifty feet. So it looks like a 50 feet in diameter of this thing. So fairly large. And then now, it's, it's like that, but like if you're throwing that open, like, and you just see this kind of thing, like it, you know, her first reaction you're gonna is eat like, a bedpan. Yeah. <laughs> but the other thing is she, she's looking at it and she's like, immediate thoughts is like, is this a helicopter? Like, this is a helicopter. I guess I'm looking at a well, cockpit or something like, like it's, yeah, a, it's interesting. Cause she, she explained when she saw it, it literally like lit up the entire side of the building like it was daytime. Yeah. And it was in the middle of the morning, pitch black. Yeah, 5 a.m. in January. Yeah, pitch black. Yeah, it's like yeah. dark. And so uh, when she, you know, she further, her eyes further adjusted to the, to the bright lights that were being, you know, given off by this craft, she said that she could, she could observe like the, the bottom half of the craft seemed to be made of some type of metallic substance. And then the top was just transparent, uh, made of some sort of transparent material. Probably she kind of described it as being similar to glass because she could see inside of it. And this craft was completely silent. She couldn't hear anything. So oh, this is like fucking jet. This is like George. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. 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 Is it George? <laughs> yeah. It <laughs> didn't make that sound. Um, this was oh, okay. no sound. So in her kind of mental checklist, she remembers kind of checking off, be like, this can't be a helicopter because there's no sound. I, I don't know exactly. Still trying to figure out what I'm looking at. And then the middle of the craft seemed to be encircled by what she described as looked like some sort of like airfoil. So some kind of like, you know, flattened out extension um, around the center, I guess like the equator, you can say, of the craft. And then this, the, the entire outside of the craft uh, along this, this, this flattened surface, she was saying that this was, it had glowing lights, like a necklace of lights uh, encircling and evenly spaced around the edge. And one of the, like one of the things um, with Kendall is that like one of the reasons why people take her descriptions like really 
believe what she says is because she was very mechanically inclined. Like she fixed her own cars. She was like a car enthusiast, did some automotive work and stuff. Like, so she, she had a, a kind of like a decent knowledge of that kind of stuff. At least yeah, not yeah. this this stuff, but it's at least when she's not she's not like oh it's a gizmo over here or something, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I think she's- no, no. Listen, sweetheart, that that that's a chassis to a '57 Chevy, yeah. right? In the glass, that's yeah. from an Impala. Yeah, yeah. right. It doesn't nothing look nothing like my right? Bel Air, but it's. Yeah. Holy <laughs> I swear to God, you sound just like Krusty Clown. Krusty the Clown, it's fucking killing me. <laughs> she oh, sounds like hilarious. Krusty the Clown. <laughs> That's fair. Um, yes, it is said that uh, Kendall is. Yeah, she was familiar with a lot of uh, uh, automotive. Well, yeah, she was familiar familiar with a lot of automotive designs because her her I, father and her brothers were all uh, when she was raised <laughs> criminals. They <laughs> yeah, there was this weird thing where they had to steal all these cars and be gone in sixty seconds. Yeah. Was, they had a wow. yeah, family yeah. tradition where they just. They yeah. four of them would bring blocks to a car with jacks, and then right. they would take the tires her, all the they, time. They did a documentary about it, and it had Nick Cage. Yeah, her and dad's Nick Cage. Uh, name's Memphis, right? <laughs> dad's name's Memphis. Uh, and so, the the way that the craft was positioned, as described by uh, Kendall, is like relative to, relative to where she was standing. It seemed that the transparent top. Um, was clearly visible to her and gave her pretty much like a detailed view of what she assumed, uh, you know, just looking at it, she she would kind of refer to it as the cockpit of this craft. And Oh, yeah. <laughs> I bet the, she did. Oh, yeah. yeah. And also the <laughs> oh, Who was standing inside. in the cockpit? <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> hey, boy. Because <laughs> we're talking about a, a, a see-through... 360 top on this thing and in the center of the craft in the cockpit. They're not hiding anything. In the cockpit, if you will, stood two seemingly strikingly handsome. Very masculine. Masculine. Very masculine. Chiseled almost. Six foot tall. You know, like not scary tall, but tall enough to sweep you off your feet. You know what I mean? I can only see him from the waist up. What a shame. Oh, I'll tell you what. All right, those suits, super tight, cleaned in all the right places. It, there's a there's a great there's a great description where she goes at one point, one looks at her, and then and then like touches the other one, and the other one like turns and looks too. And like now in this context, it makes me think of things like. Ugh. Yeah, because, buddy, she's literally, all I picture is her pressed, she's got her bosoms pressed up against the window and she's saying, Spaceman, take me away. (laughs) Fucking. Listen, sweetheart, I I don't know if you know this, but I'm very mechanically inclined, right? Because I've been known to make a man's engine run, if you know what I mean, huh? I know how to work a stick shift, honey. Yeah, Yeah, there we go. It's not starting. It's not starting. Get us out of here. Because uh. <laughs> she says later, she's like, I would have gone for a ride. <laughs> I would have went for a ride. They would have given him a sponge bath. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Well, well-built men. She referred to them as wearing some type yeah. of tight-fitting, skin-tight, probably fitting Very suits. Tight. So tight you can see all their muscles. There's a superhero suit, is what they're wearing. That's what it seems like. Very strapping. Uh, yeah, that's, Wait, what, that's her. Just, what did they have there? Not the abs. They had, oh my God. What were they? Cum gutters. Oh, that. Oh, yeah. yeah you know what right. I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Krusty is thirsty. <laughs> Krusty knows Kendall. what cum gutters are. Krusty knows what cum gutters are. Oh, shit. <sighs> so funny. Yeah. <sighs> Uh, yes, while most of their bodies were covered by these tight-fitting outfits. I thought you were about to say cum gutters when you were describing it there. I really did. (laughs) Um, uh, Not only were were their bodies, uh, you know, encased in these skin-tight suits, but they also had some type of... They were people. (laughs) (laughs) They had some type of material that she said, maybe like a, a, a more softer, more pliable type of material that actually that covered their face like a mask. So she wasn't really Ooh, able to make mysterious. out. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be shy, honey. I'm into BDSM. Uh, uh, but, she, uh, but, she, but she also noticed that 
although most of their body was covered by this this in this in this fabric or this suit, um, their hands were uncovered, and she said that they they just seemed uh, the flesh very big. the flesh seemed very similar to a human's. Like it didn't it didn't look any different. Sorry, it wasn't scale. Soft was touch, you know, they're very masculine, but I'd imagine they'd have a very soft touch. <laughs> the, the, uh, like the interesting thing what I pictured is a mask. Okay, it's like a cowl and then a mask. Like you know, like the Halloween. You know, when we were kids and you get like the scream mask. We're talking Captain America in the first one. Right? And you can see the, (laughs) you you have like that, it's like the black whatever mesh that's so faint you can see through. I just imagine like a hood with just like a full fabric face mask of that. Oh, I remember those Halloween masks. Right? You know what I'm talking about? That's that's kind of what I... but they got the sexy superhero suits on. So I just picture like, you know, like the 90s superhero costumes in the movies. Where it's all one piece and it comes up into the cowl, right? But they, it seemed like it didn't. You didn't see any mouth though. Like it was full. Like there's yeah, no description like covered of their any whole face. Whole face. Is what you described. Yeah. Right. So it was like, like you no mouth, like a black nothing. noir type situation. Yeah. Right. So it's. Right. Yeah. But right. yeah, that the the man sexy flesh like skin. Um, so as she was observing the craft, uh, Kendall described that the it actually seemed to kind of tilt forward at one point. So she got a better view of looking into the craft because <laughs> initially she could only see the, the the beans from the waist up, and then as it tilted forward, oh, she got a better she got a better look at it, like into the interior of the craft as it tilted, uh, and you know she was able to to get a she good was look staring. At what they were what you're saying, yeah. I mean, yeah, she was hoping. She was hoping. <laughs> who wouldn't? Um, who wouldn't though? You know, uh, if you're in her first situation, I, yeah, I, I you're, mean, you're having a peak. Yeah. You're gonna want you yeah, want to have a peak. I would be, I'd be glued to the guys work with. Well, yeah, yeah. big deal. <laughs> or they're flying a fucking soundless spacecraft, but you know, yeah. to each his own. Yeah, space dicks. Space dicks. <laughs> you only see the chances are low. Yeah. You gotta take uh, advantage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. This is the, this is the event that the the movie, the Jeff Goldblum movie, uh, Earth Girls Are Easy, is uh, based on. Yeah, <laughs> forgot. Um, uh, the way that the figures were positioned uh, Kendall described that there was one in the front and then there was one kind of just like in a little bit behind him and the one standing in front seemed to be positioned in front of a uh, some type of chrome panel uh, which had a a number of like glowing symbols that she could see that kind of seemed to be changing um, uh, colors and you know different and would light up in in sequences and and whatnot and then it also from that panel extended out some type of of lever she could kind of describe she would describe it as like something that you would see on a plane like you would see like a joystick um, yeah joystick right. Uh, so the figure that was standing towards the front of the craft actually reached out and moved the lever. And so the craft actually seemed to respond and then move a bit uh, as he operated it with this joystick. So it seemed that that, that was its way of, you know, its way of moving. Um, and so uh, Kendall kind of remarked that, <laughs> that she, well, she said they were about six feet tall, you know, all of this. They were fucking they were yeah, fucking boys. She, she didn't say that. <laughs> Baby boy, she was like, they were strapping. <laughs> they were striking. They were strapping. I don't know if I told you before, but oh my God. <laughs> oh uh, so, my God. And as Braden mentioned before, the figure that was behind the other one, um, the one that in front seemed kind of fixated on the the chrome panel in front of him, kind of moving his hands across it, trying to either manipulate it in some way or whatever, which kind of gave her... Um, she went on to kind of speculate that it it just seemed, you know, if it were a human, that he was trying to fix something. It, it seemed to give off the the impression that they were in distress, like they, like they <laughs> yeah, was trying to. Do- they have this fucking girl out the window, cat calling them, like get us the fuck out of here. Out of here. <laughs> um, and the second figure actually seemed <clears throat> to notice her because she said that it it seemed to turn and then like kind of just focused directly on where she was standing in that window. And then he reached out and, and touched the one in front. And then the pilot kind of, I guess he, he grabbed onto the stick and then moved it to further maneuver the craft, uh, you know, in, in where it was from where it was positioned. Well, one now, of the other descriptions that she said too, about just to go back to like the dashboard and stuff, she said, it seemed like the one kind of operating it, wasn't touching, but was like waving his hand over top of the dashboard and it was like lighting stuff up. So it's like he wasn't having to touch. It was just, he was like, he was just waving his like arms over it 
and it was activating stuff. It looks like lights or something. Like stuff was happening <laughs> as he... Yeah, because it, it, as we'll learn out soon, it was fucked. And the guy's just like, <laughs> fuck! Fuck! It's fucked! He's actually just smashing <laughs> the dashboard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Uh, so all of this, all of the observations that we described uh, were given in moments. Uh, is is what happened? Like uh, Kendall would like took all of this in within like mere seconds, and then, uh, but Kendall required like she recalls very vividly not feeling scared in the least, just simply being surprised and actually more curious than anything about what she's seen. Which I assume well, would be the yeah, case I, if you're like you're a nurse, just, you've you've been practicing for a while. Like I, I, you've seen a lot of shit. It would just kind of be like seen it all. Okay. <laughs> well, know? I wanted to touch on that for a bit because I had a thought. So <laughs> we we already touched on it a bit, but Braden mentioned the fact that she had been super mechanically inclined, right? Like that was kind of her thing. And one of her explanations for feeling very calm and relaxed was the fact that she's like, no, like I think they were suffering from some type of me- mechanical, you know issues and that's why they were there they they couldn't figure out what was happening and that was her understanding of the encounter like that's why they were there they couldn't figure out what was wrong with their ship right and i was thinking about that and then she's she's calm and relaxed and you know nothing's really phasing her and it's like to me that's fucking so bizarre because yeah you know what you're a seasoned vet and stuff like that i've been a paramedic for 10 years i see a fucking ship i'm gonna shit my pants <laughs> all right i don't see spaceships at work it would, it, it right? was, I see blood and guts. I don't see fucking it, spaces. It would t- at work. take a lot less for you to shit your pants than a spaceship. So listen, but but like I'm wondering if there was some type of like, I wonder if they could were communicating with her telepathically, saying like, hey, like we don't, we're there's no reason to get upset. Stay calm, relax. Check out my six we're here pack. for this reason. Yeah, look at our sexy bods. <laughs> they maybe they don't even have sexy bods. Maybe that's why they were so a hot. Mental because image. They projected that image. They projected that image into fucking Kendall's head, hmm. right? Just to keep her. They're calm. really just a giant, a giant like, ball sack in there, actually. Right, because even like she said, she's like, I, I, I've got family who who drove race cars, so I know about machines. I'm assuming, like, maybe that's and like that's kind of fucking bullshit. I'm wondering, like, I feel like they made a put that image in their head and then you think about it, it's like well if they're having mechanical difficulties why the fuck are they Stopped why here? are they going to the yeah. hospital but but then i thought about it, i'm like it's the 70s what what type of place other than like let's say a military structure or something like that has high tech fucking equipment cutting edge kind of stuff radioactive materials that type of shit and that's not really that defended so they're they're trying right? to power up, refuel. Well, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe they're there. Maybe they need like you. You think about a hospital; they have the peak technology for the time. They have, you know, hard to find fucking radioactive materials, all that type of shit. Like it just feels like it was like. Where do they have radioactive interaction? They got tons of fucking shit that radioactive. Like I, any type of fucking cancer wards, anything like that. Oh, um, you go to radiology, like all the chem- chemicals right? and stuff. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. X-rays, I guess. So maybe, yeah, X-ray machines. Right? They got, like that's, they got, and they would have like a hospital that has massive amounts of power going into it. So if you're trying to if you're right? trying to charge a ship, we've talked about it a long time ago. Charging a ship, you would need like a let's say just well, hypothetically, you would need a lot of power in a ship like that. So you need a high a, a high current draw. That's a. That's and then a, that's why a, wouldn't you just go to the power lines though? I just I just debunk myself. Well, here's a here's here well, yeah true that, but here's one of my questions because I thought this. Did they not have air conditioning in 1970? They for sure did. Like, would would a hospital not have had air conditioning? Because, like, to me, the fact that they're like, we're gonna uh, open here too hot, we're gonna no, open the window. Dude, I was like, did you forget where we're January. where we are though? Yeah, the one's on the cool. island. Yeah, they don't really have air conditioning that in Vancouver. That's Vancouver. true. Yeah, yeah, Vancouver Island. There's not a lot. So, but way more now than this it was kind of in thinking 70s. Thinking the hospital. It's January. Well, it's cold. Yeah. It'd be cool though. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but it's just weird. She's so calm, relaxed. Like I don't know, hypnotized, perhaps. Yeah, well, that's what I, I mean. She was, like, I, feel I, like they were... I could also argue that she was like she's coming off her night shift. Like she was there. She'd been there since what min, uh, midnight or like eleven p.m. or something like that. And I, I know for sure. Like I've worked those kinds of hours. And if I like in the Navy and I'm coming off a shift and I saw something, I'd be like, yeah, but you never saw a spaceship. Yeah. I work nights all the time. Yeah, but like, you'd be with like, other people. Like, if we saw something that weird, home. we would. <laughs> Fucking shit our pants. Well, she did. Shit her pants, like, right? Like, mm, 
No, but she was calm. She was like, listen, no, I'd say nine out of 10 people would be like, holy fuck, there's a spaceship right in front. Well, no I, matter what time of day, no matter what the situation, no matter what you fucking seen. Is it possible you think that she was like, she was standing there and just so flabbergasted at what she was looking at that she's just like, but she says, but she describes it as being calm. Yeah. Yeah, but that's the difference. But maybe it's one of those that's things where she's like, for me. "Oh, it's a helicopter," and then you kind of just like, because you reckon you. Yeah, but then you see two sexy fucking dudes, yeah, but, call, you know, spinning around. That's there's no. I don't if they're know. kind of, if they're like, we <laughs> just don't. Get we it. don't know the clop situation. We know they're bipedal, but if they kind of look human, you know what I mean. And it's like, so you kind of have that like, what am I looking at? Like maybe it's a common in the sense of you're like you're truly and utterly confused while you're looking at this thing being like, are those I people? Sad, that sounds like more of a shock to me, yeah. which a nurse would be able to describe, but let's yeah, continue. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, Kendall making these observations in, in mere moments, she kind of was just stuck at the window motionless, um, but long enough for her coworker and supervisor, I believe Frida Wilson, who was in the same room. That's actually uh, Rita Wilson's Canadian cousin. <laughs> I don't know that. I don't know. Uh, who's that? That's Grew Tom Hanks. Real tight. Rita and Frida. Uh, Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks. Right. The mom from fucking uh, Jingle All the Way. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. I know that movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but Kendall... Put the cookie down! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know any... Uh, uh, so just open up the door. There's a bomb in there. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Ken- Kendall was... was Focused on this light, uh, on on this craft outside, and Frida Wilson noticed that she had just been standing there for a while. So she's kind of wondering, like, what she kind of looked over and it's like, what, she's like, what is she work. looking at? <laughs> well, she, yeah. she wondered what she was looking at. And um, Wilson remembers beginning to actually move towards the window where she saw Kendall standing because she wanted to see like what she's looking at. And like just as she started to move, that's when. Kendall actually just started like motioning to her silently, like to to come over and come look at what she was what she was seeing. So uh, Wilson made her way over to the window in time to see uh, what had captivated Kendall's attention, and she described, you know, she's quoted as saying, "I saw this great big light over the patio outside the children's ward. I'd say it was quite a bit larger than a car." Um. And then it started, it was moving around slowly and then it started to move away. I didn't really see any top or bottom to it. It was all just tremendously bright. Uh, so she didn't get a chance uh, when, when she described her description, she didn't really get a chance to see the occupants of the craft because this this craft seemed to be turning away just as um, uh, just as Kendall kind of mo- motioned her, like the craft had started moving. Um, and this is also uh, where Kendall kind of describes like, she realized like she needed someone else to see it um, as it as it started to kind of move away how from long, the, and how the long side was of the Kendall hospital. standing there? Like I just picture she's like seconds, oh, like just seconds. Yeah. I feel yeah, in my mind. It, I thought she was all... standing there for like five minutes, just like mesmerized no, by this no. fucking alien. I think you it's feel. Like I think I think because of the amount of description she gives afterwards, you feel like, and just the how she describes it, it does seem like it's a long time. But yeah, it's it's. She got, I mean, she's quickly. a trained nurse, so I'm sure she's like, she's very, she's been doing this for years and she's Honey. trained to be <laughs> observing spacecrafts, but observing what? anything, like just being able to look at it, what? look at something and be like, take in all of that. You say you're not going to fall back on your training on something like this and kind of be like, I need to, like, I need to take in as much information as possible. Like before yeah, this happens. No, you're, you're in a completely brand new situation that you've never been in in your entire life, seeing something you've never seen before. You're not going to be like... Mental notes, Shakespeare, or fucking Sherlock moment where you just take <laughs> photographs with your brain and like, no. Man. I think, but you know what? Though? She spent I, the night fucking, it's five, like you said, it's 5 a.m. at the end of her night shift. She's not going to sit there fucking crisp. As fuck but like she said, to- like she said, at first she thought it was a helicopter. Like that's something that could be, is totally understandable. It'd be like, I think that's a helicopter. And then, oh, it's not. Oh, absolutely. But, that, but she's looking yeah. at it and observing all these things. And then she realizes what she's looking at. Because after the craft yeah. starts moving away and she realizes it's not making sounds, she knows it's not a helicopter. So she's taking in all of this observations and all of these details of what's the occupants, the, the craft itself. Because she thinks she's trying to figure out exactly what she's looking I've, at, and she doesn't I just know think it's her a craft. eyes. Fifty-year-old nurse eyes are the same as everybody else's eyes in this scenario. <laughs> she's I don't observe, think any of she's observing the craft, but she's also observing the occupants. 
Yeah. Yeah. Sexy, yes. sexy occupants. Yes. That's the first. I think that's the, she when she tells the story. I think she switches it around, just so she seems a little more reliable. But she, the first thing she sees is the aliens inside. Then she realizes the craft around them. She does talk numerous times about how striking they were. Striking. They're great physiques. Chiseled almost. Yeah. Like like the statues of Apollo. Like they're <laughs> very detailed. All right. There's, like this beautiful. So just in a little segue, this this voice fucking kills me because there's a liquor store that I go to that I call I don't know what the name of the liquor store is. It's the closest one in my house. And I call it Honey Babies. And be, I call it Honey Babies because there's an old woman who works there. And when honey you come baby. in, she goes, Hey, honey, how are you today? Oh, honey. Like every other word's honey, sweetie, baby. Uh, so every time we but you this, sound exactly like Crusty <laughs> Clown. It's amazing. <laughs> People always wonder what Barry's right, job next is. Next up, in my act, Sideshow Bob. <laughs> is it a good? Is it a good Crusty? Can I fill in? It's great. That, that's your best impression <laughs> that you didn't mean to do. <laughs> Now you shouldn't have said that. Now he's going to go to his head, and that's all he's going to get. That's yeah. all you're going to get out yeah. of him. Money, everything goes guys, to his head. You guys better be ready for the next Nobody ten case yeah. files. <laughs> he literally at the beginning of this fucking case file, the beginning of the show, he's like, "Hey guys, welcome ATT 270." Now this one's special because this is where I live. I'm from here. <laughs> this is where I. It's right around the corner. I've been there. I drove past. Yeah. It. I've I've, I've seen know? it. Yeah, I've driven these roads. Ah. <laughs> So, uh, Kendall, beer Kendall break. and Wilson realized like, what break? they were looking at. Our beer beer break. Break. Before, well, yeah, we'll, before we get into what they're looking at. Okay, well, before we get there, yeah, we'll take a short beer break because Kendall, she never shied about her encamp- like, shied away from talking about it. So, mm-hmm. it took a couple days before we got to John Mager, who publishes the Canadian UFO Report. And before we get to that, we're going to take a short beer break. And we're going to be right back. We're back. Uh, so the the event in question uh, took place over a couple of moments. Kendall and Wilson realized that what they were seeing, that they were going to need more people to see what <laughs> what they were actually, to verify, like, what this is really weird. Like, we need somebody to do this, uh, to see this. And they sprinted down to the nurse's station where there a couple of the other fellow nurses were gathered. It Listen, was a, this is a veteran move. I appreciate this move because they're in the geriatric ward, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. You got a bunch of demented old people who can't see. Yeah. So getting good like point. good eyes on this, yeah. like that was a good move. They're I, like, I sit back down, Frank. You ain't gonna remember shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they brought in, uh, in addition to themselves, they brought in, <laughs> is that Jesus? Take me home. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> uh, they brought in a, a Mrs. Appleby and a Mrs. Clarkson who fell, who followed them back to the room where uh, Kendall had been looking out the window uh, upon the craft. Now, the craft had apparently already moved a fair distance away from the hospital and all that they could really see, uh, what was described by the by the other nurses who who managed to, to catch sight of it, was they, they just saw this unusual bright floating light that they observed just kind of rotating away from the side of the the hospital. And then one, uh, I think one comment from one of the nurses actually said that it it ended up kind of moving away until it just took off at one point, like a, like a shot is what she said. Yeah. Blast off. So they obviously fixed whatever was (laughs) going on. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, there we go. That's fine. Uh, that was good. That was good. That was better. So, what what's Here interesting about? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, shucks. Uh, one of the interesting uh, aspects of this case is that Kendall didn't really shy away about the the event in question. Like it, it said that she even she penned it down in the logs for the hospital about what she yeah. saw, and she charted it. Yeah, she charted it in the nurses' notes. And she wrote it down like. Uh, Five was it five fifteen a.m. Yeah. Saw a flying saucer. Yeah, yeah just just, just very the future, very Mr. Clinical. Kendall. <laughs> yeah. Very clinical. Very just like you write it in there. Like I, you know, I've, r- I've written logs in the Navy, and it just sounds like something you would pen down, and you just be like, you know, saw a UFO, and then right under that, be like, you know, main turbine pressure, you know, one hundred and seventy psi, blah blah blah. <laughs> it would just be something you just write in there in between those, and like. 
like fucking core oil temperature or something. Like you just right in there. Saw a UFO. Wait, what? What'd you say? <laughs> UFO. Um, so she actually posted this. And apparently she she didn't really, people who asked about it, she she told everybody. She was telling everybody who um, who asked about it. Now you wouldn't believe I saw the two handsomest spacemen <laughs> I ever did see. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, she seemed happy to to talk about it, um, but the 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 report didn't really get any traction in terms of media coverage until like several days uh, later, um, where the Victoria Daily Times uh, actually um, actually picked up the story uh, after it had been brought to the attention of one John Maygore. Magor, make sure, yeah, Magor, really get the yeah. pronunciation <laughs> yeah. of of Maple uh, Maple Bay, uh, British Columbia, who edited and publishes, as Zell said before, the Canadian UFO Canadian report. UFO report. I'm pretty sure that's how the, very yeah, respected. Which I, which I assume is like the Canadian. Is that like the Canadian? It's the best version of any UFO a- report out there. Of the APRO, um, is it like the APRO bulletin, which yeah. used to be? That's, that's the that's main like, paper. It's like the fucking. That's that's the Canadian cosmopolitan. Everyone yeah, sees right. it. Right? It's on every Weekly. news rack. It's everywhere. Everybody's mom is buying it. Yeah. Yeah. It's our Time magazine. It's everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Sure. It's everywhere. Everyone, every every Canadian dreams to be on the cover of Canadian <laughs> UFO Cana- report. Canadian <laughs> UFO magazine. For some reason, too, it's like men's health. Written, edited, and published <laughs> by one person. Like, <laughs> that's weird. Just jacked in, like, in your skin-tight yeah. <laughs> uniform. <laughs> uh, so when the Victoria Daily Times picked up the story, um, apparently also that was uh, where a lot of this the story got actually printed twice uh, in the APRO bulletin. Apparently in the like November to December and the January to February editions, um, the APRO bulletin printed like they commented this uh, when they when they originally printed the story. If people remember APRO, APRO is like the it's one of the precursors to MUFON. One of the first one of the one of the first like uh, civilian UFO investigatory bodies. And um, they even commented that they said they don't usually, when, when they caught wind of the story and they printed it in their, in their newsletter, um, they didn't usually preprint stuff until an investigation had a formal investigation had been done. And, but when they heard this one, they felt like they had to publish it, you know, strike while the iron's, iron's hot. And they actually published, you know, details about what, well, what they had heard about and read in the Victoria Daily Times at the at the time of the event. And I think that's because of there's certain professions that when they report these things, I think just get more respect for coming out with these. And I, to be honest, I think nurse is one of them. Like when you say this is a nurse that reported this, because these people are in charge of taking care like of, of you know, the health and welfare of others. So it's like if this person's crazy and not fit, they're going to m- remove this person from their job. If you're making claims and stuff like this, and they're like, and people legit think they're like, this lady's now crazy. Like there could be serious ramifications for you coming forward. So to come forward with something like this and then be have the backing of your peers and, and coworkers, to me, that I think that's why these kind of stories, people are like, well, shit, this isn't like, you know what I mean? Like Joe Blow on the street. And he's like, I'm saying it again. I see it again, right? It's every night they're up there. It, this is like a, it's a well put together, you know, professional woman. Absolutely. Yeah. It, the story had gotten out to the community. That's how, uh, how um, John Magor had gotten the, had actually gotten the information. Cause it, it came through like a family friend of his uh, that had, Talked to her. I guess also worked at the hospital, the same hospital that it's uh, small Kendall island. worked on. So small yeah, island, it's yeah. A sm- yeah, just like the whole story was probably just propagating throughout the community and being like, yeah, they saw something crazy at the hospital <laughs> yeah. over there. And you fucking publish Canada, the Canadian UFO report. I guarantee you, you're like, oh shit, <laughs> you're on it. Like I don't think that he was wasting any time. Um, he he's so funny though because he's a little bit of a I don't want to say worrywart, but he did say. Uh, that he believes that this is the start of a new 26-month cycle and it's just begun. And this time, we may not be spared a peaceful invasion. So a little bit of a... He says this time. Doomsayer. He goes on a doomsday rant. I'd be like, this time? When was the other time? Batten down the hatches. First it was that goddamn Charlie Red Star. 
fuck? And now they're here taking our women. <laughs> it's funny though, because you said like this, you know, it spread throughout this town, you know, pretty fast, but as fast as news can in the 1970s, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Like the newspaper and word of mouth. Like this is way before the internet age because you know, we ended up finding out after the fact that there was other people that had sightings on the exact same day. Right? Yeah. One even before Kendall's. Well, that's office. what I was going to ask. Like, so if a sighting was this bright and this vivid, there must have been more witnesses besides just the couple. The two nurses really seen it. Yeah. There were some other nurses in the hospital who corroborated, like, yeah, we've seen a bright light, but they didn't really see the craft. So there must have been more people. If it was this, this big, this bright, there had to have been more. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. So there was a report of a husband and wife who were leaving a New Year's Eve party at about 5 a.m., so which I think is a little bit actually before Kendall's encounter. Um, they witnessed the same described bright light above their house, and it was an oval-shaped craft emitting uh, multiple shafts of light towards a single shaft. They kind of described it as like a, look, the same shape as a kid's uh, spinning top. And it was sitting there right above their house. And it sat there for a few seconds and then shot away just like Kendall had described. And then I guess later that day, this one's pretty cool. Um, Edith Beeling, a grade school teacher um, who was with several other staff and students at the time, uh, claimed to see a large flying craft above the Alexander Elementary School. Um, the craft was silently spin spinning, uh, had a large ring around it, which is a little bit different from what we've heard. Um, and she was saying that it looked like it was possibly changing in height, just dipping slowly, mm. but she wasn't sure. Like a, like a drum. Um, yeah, and, but the interesting thing is, is she was unsure of the size, but estimated that a large plane could fit in it 15 times. <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so like that's a I mean, weird, that's about, a like, weird estimate kind. That is a weird. <laughs> that, that is a weird yeah. way to describe it. A large plane could fit in it fifteen times. Fifteen times. <laughs> Pause for dramatic effect. Yeah, that's a fucking lot. fifteen times. That's a so large. That's yeah. That's a that's huge. That's, that's way bigger. Yeah, that's, that's way like bigger that, than an aircraft carrier. That's way bigger than what was seen <laughs> at the hospital. Then, yeah. Yeah, but she's not a nurse. She's not very observant, right? Yeah, could be. Yeah, like she you could. Right. Right, yeah. Teacher, teachers see everything. Got eyes in the back <laughs> yeah. of their head. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Always being sarcastic. I think teachers are very observant and smart. Being an I don't think they can be trusted. <laughs> no, <laughs> not trustworthy people liars. at all. Bunch of liars. Anybody work? Anyone who works with vulnerable demographics? Does, uh, you know. You know why I don't trust teachers? Because Byron's a teacher, and I would never trust him. In <laughs> oh, that's true. That is true. That's, no, that's why teachers can't be trusted. Can't you got Byron that. teaching your kids. You're all screwed. English class must be really weird. Yeah. He was teaching English. Did I, for a bit. He actually, Byron was teaching <laughs> yeah. French at one point. Byron, Byron was teaching grade six French. I was like, you don't know Bonjour, any French. He's like, mate. He said, no. Bonjour. Anyways, that's a tangent, but yeah. So you can't treat if Byron's a teacher, you can't trust teachers. Therefore, their word cannot be I'm sure relied his French on. French is very good. No, it's terrible. It's really bad. It's it's he can't speak French. one word. What he's teaching French <laughs> to, five, to eleven year olds. Yeah, yeah. You don't even know if they're actually teaching French or just saying made up words. Exactly. stilo. Setun stilo. Like that's all they're doing. Stilo. The thing with Vancouver Island, though, not a lot of people know is, and I'm not saying that this is 100%. Is that where you're from? That's where you live? Oh, okay. He knows everyone is too that, on the island. Yeah, I know everyone. Uh, Small is that everyone. this yeah. is we have an air force base on Vancouver Island? The nukes, right? No, no, possibly nukes. There's, no, 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 no. I no, worked no. with a guy who told me that there was nukes on Vancouver there's Island. They lied. No nukes. There's there's signs. Told there's signs, signs that say no nu nuclear free there's zone. Signs <laughs> that say nuclear free zone in Nanaimo. Nowhere else. It's a nuclear free city. The new no. The only one. Um, there's nukes. But the thing is, is like, so we have an Air Force base in Comox. So part of me was, because I'm like, it does seem like her description of this, that one, very, very humanoid, like very. Two, I'm like, they're like, it looks like they're struggling 
with operating this thing, what with whatever it is, like maybe they're they're not they didn't mean to like end up this close to the hospital. So I was kind of thinking that, like, you know, I was like, okay, well, this the technology exceeds anything um, that we we might have. So I thought maybe this is a recovered alien craft that pilots are trying to pilot. Second thing I kind of was thinking of, I was like. Was there that Cana- that shitty Canadian craft that we made? There was. It was unreal. The Avro Arrow, just like this. That was amazing. No, well, no, 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 no that's the Avro one. car. Project, no, the, project, the Avro car. Yeah, the but Avro car is like. Project. There was one that's like circular yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. though, wasn't it? But yeah. it, it made noise. Yeah. I didn't find. But may, but like maybe Project Forty Seven B or something. Yeah, but maybe they improved it. The other thing this I was just, I just came to my head is like <laughs> we have at one point we were le- like cutting edge aerospace with like the Avro Arrow, so it was like. Could this have been some sort of experimental craft flying, doing test runs? Because people also saw it like heading up up the road, like highways, like in the Nanaimo area. So like just a little bit no- further north, uh, as the crow flies, is the Comox Valley military base, right? The Air Force base. So, you know, maybe, like maybe it's fl- they're doing test flights. <laughs> the, way, the way that we... I don't think that's the right way to use that word, is it? What, what are you talking about? What word? As a crow fries, doesn't that just mean straight? Yeah, as the but as so not on the road. That's what I'm saying. Like it's not the okay. UFO's not driving; it's flying. So as the crow flies, not that far. Uh, I feel like the description is like like we've we've already mentioned is that it's like yeah yeah it seems like they're having some to her observation like they're having some sort of technical difficulty, and for some reason this reminds me of that that. <laughs> If anybody remembers, like when you would get those, you get like the magazines and stuff, and then in the back there would be like, you know, order the parts to build your own hovercraft or something like that. You know, it'd be like, you know, you could get a catalog of all these parts and junk and whatever. <laughs> like it's just, just something like two guys like whipped together in their backyard. And like, it's just like the fact that it's like, okay, you've got this somehow like motion or whatever tactile activated chrome panel, and then it has a joystick on the side. You know, it's like, like- I. It just seems out of place. Yeah, too recognizable almost. It seems weird. It just, and she's like, yeah, and he operated the the stick to kind of con- to control where the craft is going. And I'd be like, well, that seems strange. It just seems like it's too analog to be like you have an analog Not- stick where you have like a, instead you're you're moving your hands over these panels that seem to change with the way the positions of your hands and all this. And I'm then 90% you have the sure stick. that. <laughs> That's how George Jetson drives his fucking. Well, it sounds like it sounds like the you know the Independence Day setup. Where it's like where they got fucking like Jeff Goldblum's like iMac interface, like Jerry rigged like interface on their <laughs> UFO craft, and they've got like post its on there that say like this goes up, this goes down, this activates the shielding. Like right, but, I don't that, really, but that could be exactly it, right? Like these are humans. why'd you pull the post its off? Are, yeah, these are humans <laughs> trying to like they have a retrofitted joystick because they're like we know how to use this. So they have it retrofitted and they're like, it's fucking up. They're like, I don't know. Wave, oh, your, no. hand, wave your hand three times. Activates is like, it's like not working out. Meanwhile, Buddy's oh, that's like, like the backup system. Yeah. And Buddy's like, right. It failed. So they're and yeah. Buddy's like touching his head. He's like, fuck buddy. We got to get out of here. So if someone sees us, someone's looking right at us in the window, get us the fuck out of here. <laughs> she's got that hungry look in her eyes. <laughs> I don't like the way she's looking at us. Yeah. She's quick. She's undoing her top. Get us out of here. Um, Hello, boys. The other thing is like beam me up. <laughs> uh, like on Vancouver Island, we have there's there's like a, the Navy's house here and stuff. And Dan, you might know what this is. I never knew what it is, but I've seen it parked off the coast a couple times in the Georgia Strait. It's like a, a the Zumwalt. I had to look what it is. Zumwalt class destroyer, the USS Michael Monsoor. It's like one of three of your guys's like most expensive Navy ships. It's like a, it's made for like to be stealth radar stealthy. It has a really sure. weird appearance. Oh, the uh, ones that are like the ones that have like the tri. Yeah. The, the, like yeah. the ones, are you talking about the ones that have like the stealth kind of, hold on, hold on. they're all Let me funny see looking I, angular I looking I, and I stuff. I think I can show you. talking about that one? I think if I do this one, this one here, can you see this? Oh. oh, now I can. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I know cool. what those are. Yeah, I've seen them. Yeah, so Stealth that, warship. Been, yeah, so that's been parked out. Those things, are, those things are pretty cool. And I, I have a buddy. I got a friend who has a friend, friend of a friend, who worked down in Nanaimo running, running like crush truck out of like one of the Navy bases. And he said that for 18 months, 
all he did was go down to the ocean and all day would take loads out like of dirt and like, like they were digging. Right. And he's like, I don't know what they were digging and putting there, but like for 18 months, all we did was nukes take, well, it's (laughs) there's signs. And again, we've talked about before, (laughs) as you drive into the city of Nanaimo on Vancouver Island, there's signs at every entrance into the city that says this city is a nuclear free city. It was the only city that has those. And so it's like nuclear free. Like, yeah. sure. Right. That's, but then we don't have that's the best way to, the Canadians can come and cover up something. So, yeah. Put a sign there. No news here. Don't worry about but it. But then if you think <laughs> no, about how, how much UFOs are like interested in that kind of stuff and like, you know, buzzing places where nukes are being held, could it have, you know, maybe before they put up the signs, they had nukes there. Right? They had nukes hidden. So that's why they were getting this UFO flap at this time is because nukes, whether they were strategic NATO positioning for Navy, right? Or on Navy ships for housing in the 70s, right? Which is, I don't think is, would be wildly out of the question. Well, they they always, like Canada never, ever said that we had nukes, but they never didn't say we didn't have American nukes. Yeah. So they could have very been- Canadian nukes. Very very well been a, like a NORAD installation on the, which makes sense because, you know, that's, Russia's not far away. At this point, especially in the Cold War, so to have American nukes on Canadian soil, but no one knows about it, I, I wouldn't be surprised. 100%. Would not be surprised. 100%. At least a couple, just a few, just in case. I heard at the entrance they have this like fucking video game that nobody knows about, and you have to play it to open the door. <laughs> Speak yeah. the password. It's the only way you can get in. Yeah, it's where it's where they hold the recipe for Nanaimo bars. <laughs> that, that's the big secret bar, but that's, yeah, yeah I have to say one, yeah. one of my favorite parts about researching this uh, this for this case file was like there were a, a couple serial misspellings of locations <laughs> of, of, of talking about this this event and I some of them were like the, the only reason I, I was talking to the guys earlier and I said that the only reason that I know it was Nanaimo and not like Nanano or Nunu was because you guys have mentioned that that location before because I've read it in a couple of articles about this and they just misspelled the name and I'm like how oh, do yeah. you how do you do that like you have maps <laughs> like, yeah. you just, I listened to a couple podcasts for this episode and several times Kawi Chan yeah it's the Kawi Chan or Nanamu Nanamu <laughs> <laughs> that's good Nanamu. that's good Nanamu. It's close. It's not bad. Great. Loved it. Now, the other thing I was thinking... I was hoping they were going to say Shamanus. Oh. Shamanius. Shamanus. We should have got, got Dan. We should have. Um, the, the one thing that I was thinking is that, like, let's go off, like, under the presumption that this thing is extraterrestrial. The things on board are human-like, but not human. That's why they have the face covers. But it's low-text... So then I was thinking, I was like, could you so could sexy. we chalk up like... But if you were that sexy, <laughs> would you want to cover it up? Well, maybe, but yeah, but maybe they're butterfaces, right? That's fine. They're wearing masks. Right? Yeah, well, that's why. That's why they cover it up. But yeah. um, but so got, then you know, the bods. I was thinking that, you know, perhaps it's, it's one of those things and, and maybe we, in just this, for UFOs to just go out exploring. Right, they're exploring. They come and they see life. What they they kind of examine, and then they go. Like may, maybe they don't have a special interest in staying and sticking around. It's they come here and then they move on to the next. So what what we've been seeing in some of these flaps is that like these UFOs are from star systems that are closer because it, the, the the technology is not as good, so they can't travel as far. So maybe like it, it's you know one of these systems. It's only like you know, 30 light years away, right? And they they have their kind of ships that aren't as good. And then you see these other ones that just, you know, vanish and shake and radar. Maybe they're even older from, you know, distant, distant stars. So when they come here, we it's that's just a human thing where we're like, they're here for us. But really it's like, they're just, it's, they're just explorers looking at life and then they move on. And we're just seeing various waves of like different tech, technologically advanced civilizations from across the galaxy, right? And we just think that they all have to be connected, but maybe they're not, mm. right? Maybe like some of and these- we just happen to get the hillbilly UFOs. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> but maybe those UFOs are getting, will get buzzed in space. You know what I mean? They'll get buzzed by a different UFO and they're like, holy shit, right? Like, oh my God. That, what same, is that thing? It's the same for everything. There's always there's always a, a more fish. unidentified fine object than yourself. 
There's a, there's probably some more unidentifiable <laughs> flying object. Well, if yeah. if you just take like, you, there's all if you're if you're the best, you think you're the best. There's always someone better, right? There's yeah. always someone better. There's always someone better than them. It might take a few years, but eventually someone's better than them. So it it makes sense for ETs as well. There is no are one. About, are we talking about ETs or Apex Green? <laughs> <laughs> just saying, there's no apex of aliens. There's always a better alien. There's always a better craft. They're always coming from somewhere farther. That's what I think. Or makes sense. Or the other thing I kind of was thinking, I was like, you know, this is. I was just kind of super bored at work, so I was kind of letting my brain go. Uh, just something new. Got bored at work for once, eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> every day, literally every day. So hard. Work. Um, <laughs> There's no way. Now, I was thinking that, you know, perhaps this is one of those things where, you know, we 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 talked last week about artificial intelligence, and like, let's say there's like. And not a very friendly AI that's all consuming, right? Like that's coming and it takes. And like, what if these species that we see that are maybe they're just like, maybe they're just passing by because they're like, this entire galaxy is slowly being taken over and we're on the out. So it's like, we're on the outskirts and these people are flying. Like, we're on the highway while everyone's leaving, right? We're just, we're just passing us by as they're leaving from something that's worse, closer to the core. Uh, of the Milky Way galaxy that's slowly spreading out, right? But don't like that one. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking yeah, about like that, that today. One. Yeah, that's right. Hmm. So maybe like you know they take life, they they take samples and then they continue on, right? Because if they can, if you you could work in with a bunch of stuff. Because if you could have some sort of hybridization program, you're like, okay, well we know planets like this exist, so we could inhabit them on the way. Give ourselves the best chance to just keep life going from this thing. I like that. That's where I was kind of going today. I like that. Me too. I like it. I don't think the joystick guides are making it too far. <laughs> just, just saying. Right? They're fucked. They're getting caught. Yeah, it's just that that was one of Yeah, they barely survived a cougar attack. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's one of the things that's stuck in my head. Just that the, the, the image of a... What are they just like grabbing the stick and just be like, God, put it in reverse. Like, why? <laughs> like, I can't. Like, it's insane. Um, yeah, but it's it's just, uh, like I mentioned before, like this is, um, this case is interesting because it's like not only, yeah, you have health professionals, not just one, you have two at least that at least, like saw something exceedingly I've strange. I've seen a craft and at then, least. Yeah, and then the other, the other ones that saw it and, um, I, I, like Kendall is is asked about it like um, later in in interviews. Uh, she was you know asked about the events, of course. Like people approached her and talked about it, and um, she was talking about how you know she cl- she clearly described these uh, these entities that she saw standing uh, standing inside the craft, and they kind of asked her like, "Well, did anybody else see these? How come none of the other nurses? How come uh, Miss Wilson didn't see it? Um, she you know," and she just says it it was just timing. Like it was just that the craft was like turning away as she called Wilson over. And by the time Wilson came over, it was like, they were just facing kind of the, the rear of this craft or the, the craft had moved in such an, it, it positioned itself in such an angle that you couldn't see, you couldn't see him anymore. Um, but she, she never kind of, she's never really, she, she'd never changed her story. Like nothing ever really kind of, um, there were no, the, the story didn't change. Times didn't change. Nothing. Um, it just seemed to kind of just stay very consistent uh, through her retellings uh, of this event. Um, I, like, I just she never profited. It just seems really never, never really yeah, profited. No reason to change it when you're telling the truth. Yeah. And yeah. again, she, she wrote this aliens. down in a professional log, like a professionally kept log. <laughs> she wrote it in there, just saying that saw UFO at five thirty five fifteen a.m. Da da da. I wrote it in there, and it's like. I don't even know if I'd write that in there. <laughs> like if somebody was just like, you got it. You got to chart it, buddy. It's what you see. What? When you're doing your rounds, you see something, you chart I it. I mean, especially in this day and age, it's not like it was open. Like people were losing pilot's license and you know stuff like that for this kind of stuff. So yeah, it's, I don't know if I would have done that too at the time. Now, hell yeah. I'm going to, I'd be like, I need some time off because of this. <laughs> the the knowledge that I'm not alone in the universe is causing me great uh, stress, so I'm gonna need to take a stress <laughs> leave here. Uh, 
Yeah, this I, and then like uh, like Andrew mentioned, there were other cases around the same time that that happened that people were seeing. You know, it just seemed that they were experiencing some sort of UFO flap uh, there in uh, on Victoria Island and British Columbia were having their own. Um, uh, just a, like just a constant series of UFO encounters. Um, there's one that we'll probably talk about at another time. Uh, there was another uh, event that's associated with this one called uh, that happened in Mill Bay um, that we will probably uh, cover on another case file because we found out as while looking at this one that that one is also exceedingly interesting uh, to look into. So we'll definitely cover that one on another case file. Um, you know, as we move on. There's always another case file. There's always another UFO. And the more you look in, the yeah. more cases you find. And in this case, there seems to be one much right next door. Yeah. Yeah, this is one was a fun, uh, was it the uh, the nesting doll? <laughs> it was like a nesting doll UFO <laughs> case. Because sometimes we go into, yeah, you start, you, you, you dig into one case file and you find like, wait, what is this one? Like this one branches off into this one. And, you know, related events, connecting the dots, it's what we do here. So just seems really, yeah, this one leads into this one as well. So this one will be fun, another one to dig into uh, on a future case file. 100%. 100%. We'll get there in part, I don't know, case file 455, I believe. Yeah. We're putting it down. We have it on the calendar today. for 455. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, we barely have two case files planned ahead, usually. Four yeah. if we're lucky. Four is good. If we get four ahead, it's good. All right. And this week's Theorite of the Week, there's a couple different w- ways to get Theorite of the Week. One of them is to leave us a amazing immaculate, top-notch, five-star review. Get onto the Facebook group would be number two. That's a official Alien Theorist Theorizing Facebook group. You can find it in the link tree. Or number three is to just send Braden something and he'll put you on there. So there's three different <laughs> yeah. ways to get on. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows. Easy. Everyone, easy, easy, easy. Yeah. This week we got a review and I think Andrew is going to give his best attempt to read something without stuttering, not even once. We'll see. Slightly concussed, eh, so it's no going to be deal. interesting. Five oh. stars. Favorite podcast. I've been listening for a while and have to say, this podcast has changed my life for the better. My arthritis? Gone. Gone. <laughs> my credit score? Elevated. Elevated. My dance moves? Perfect. Now men approach me in the streets, willingly offer <laughs> me their money and credit cards. When I couldn't even get a date before. The boys have really come through for me and I appreciate the humor and details they bring to every case file. Zell, Dan, Brayden, and Andrew feel like old friends now, keeping those eyes on the skies. Now listen, I want to be very... Raffy. Seriously. Listen, well, that's the thing. We're not... This is nepotism. All right, we're not giving you... We're not giving you Tear of the Week just because you're related to fucking Raffy, Canadian legend. Guy we grew up with. Singer-songwriter. We're giving it to you because that review. How yeah. do you know she? But how do you, you know, know she's not fucking Raffi? How do you, how do you know she's not related? She's got. She has to be. How, how many other Raffies do you know? Raffi Torres. Raffi, yeah, that's the only yeah, other one. Is he? Yeah, he's Canadian he's too. He's yeah. Canadian. I think he's related so that, to him too, though. That's why yeah, he's so that, angry. Do you have like yin this and is yang? This is, this is what this is exactly what we told you a few case files ago. If you subscribe to Alien Theorist Theorizing, your whole and. Everything could be reversed for you. All good fortunes will come your way. <laughs> Terminal illnesses? Maybe. Maybe. Perhaps. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Little asterisks under that one. Possibly not. Maybe. Well, I would, I, would, I, would, I would ask, are you listening enough? Or the biggest, here's the biggest thing here. You don't know until you try. That's true. Fuck, pull the trigger. It's like Reiki healing, you know? You don't really know until someone swirls the crystals yeah. over you. It's like Scientology. The more you pay, the more you heal. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> mm-hmm. so on that note, if you're not supporting the show and you want the early access to all the case files, ad-free, the bonus stuff, by now you know where to go. You go to aliantheorist.com, you hit the support tab, you support us on Patreon or Supercast. They do the same thing. And we really appreciate it. And we read your fucking name also. All right. We read it once, sometimes twice if we get lucky and we forget who we read the week before. This week's newer supporters, we have Jack Buckley, Sean Fazzani, 
Scudian goes up a tier. Clayton. Dan is supporting his own show. That's how desperate like the extra content. he is. Thank you, Dan. I like the extra content. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we don't give well, Dan the code it. for the Patreon. Yeah. So I to, yeah. He records Same. it all, but he doesn't get to listen to any of it. Yes, nope. you guys subscribe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like coloring. So does Braden. He's terrible at it, but he likes it. <laughs> He's outside the lines and apparently <laughs> Todd Clement. Lance. Eats him most of the time, too. <laughs> Anon. Hillbilly. And Jalen Cruz. Cruz? It's like Cruz, but no I. No I in there. Cruz. Cruz! Jalen Cruz, thank you very much for supporting the show. We appreciate it. And as we always say at the end of these things, keep those eyes on the skies. See you in after hours. Peace.